All right, folks, happy Monday morning and welcome back to the Drop Zone. I'm here with Sean Zock and we are just wrapping up the Open Championship, the 149th Open Championship, which also means the end of an epic seven major stretch in about, what, 11 months, Sean? Yeah, we knew it was going to be epic and then I kind of forgot that it was happening. It's nice to have a major like every other six weeks. The, uh, the action was nonstop. We, we saw careers change, really, over the course of this time. A star was born, um, and a star was whatever you'd call <laughs> what happened to Colin Morikawa yesterday uh, when he put the bow on his second major championship title at the Open in a two-shot victory over Jordan Spieth. Um, so, Sean, I guess, first of all, how are you, uh, and what did you think of this Open championship? I'm pretty good. I, well, it's been a while since I cut, co- I covered one from the central time zone, which mm-hmm. is just a little bit more difficult than covering it from the Eastern time zone, which is a lot more difficult than covering it, uh, on whatever Greenwich mean time, uh, it, early mornings, coffee, golf, it's all really good. Uh, but it tires you out a little bit, but the beauty is that like Sunday night, you're done working at like 5 PM. So I'm, I'm really in good shape. I, I feel bad for Louis Oosthuizen. I feel like your column about him is kind of appropriate. I think he's not going to get the correct due that he deserves. His game traveled everywhere this year. It went from Kiowa, which is its own type of golf, mm-hmm. Lynx-esque golf. It went to Torrey Pines, which is extremely different than Kiowa. And then it went to Royal St. George's, which is different than both of them. And mm-hmm. it was good the entire time. And I think the only other player who could say that is John Rahm, who was also good everywhere. But Louis, I think, was better than than him, if you think about it. Folks, we're only three minutes in, and we already have a Brooks Kepka slate. This is really, really <laughs> good stuff. Um, I'm glad your workday stopped at 5 p.m. because I was out here grinding on uh, compiling a list so we can talk about who exceeded expectations and who fell short of expectations during this crazy major stretch so we're gonna get to that do you want to get anything else off your chest before we do get there about you know maybe this open maybe about Colin Morikawa yes I I have a a major uh thing to just to just to shed I've been carrying it kind of proudly especially with our uh, golf.com editorial staff um I was not recognizing Colin Morikawa's PGA championship victory in 2020 Mm -hmm. as, as a major championship. I was not recognizing that victory. Uh, I was holding out. I really only had to hold out for about 11 months, which is nice. Uh, I didn't really have to make any public appearances with this take, but I, I, I felt strongly that um, if you were to, to win a PGA tour event when there were no fans there, that's one thing, you know, everyone was, was playing in front of no fans for a couple months last year, but for you to win a major to, for you to be granted, you know, one quarter of the career grand slam for you to, to get all the trappings that come along with winning a major, the things that we use, that we count up, that we, we decide, uh, legacies upon for you to get that in front of no fans, like Colin Morikawa did at TPC Harding Park. I thought that that was a bit flimsy. 
And now, of course, he played better than everyone, and everyone was playing under the same no-fans rules out in San Francisco. But it just felt like for a guy's first major, that was a little bit more flimsy than, say, John Rahm's first major at Torrey Pines. And so I kind of spawned this somewhat gimmicky take um, yeah, you're you're really backing off this take no, no, right no, no, now. No, no, I can no, no, feel no. it. You're getting no. a little lukewarm on me. No, no, no. I, I truly believe that if you win the Workday Charity Open in front of no fans at Mirfield, that's one thing. But we're giving, we're saying you're a major champion by beating a field of a really good field in front of no fans, no pressure. Colin Morikawa, he hit good shots down the stretch, but he did not have to do it with thirty thousand fans standing around him. He went to Cal you know, Bay Area guy, he would have had so much pressure those last three or four holes that he was in the lead at TPC Harding Park. And people would have been literally breathing down his neck, freaking out about the Cal Bear who's going to win the San Francisco PGA. That 18th tee box, it's all carry on that pretty fun par four finisher. Mm -hmm. That's a scary tee shot when you got everyone standing behind you. You know, that was a kind of scary tee shot during the President's Cup. It's it's easy to get a little bit squirrely with with something like that or the the par three seventeenth. So this is all one way of saying I was not recognizing it. I was I was holding out and saying Cal Morikawa is not a major champion. Now, fair point is well Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau both they won their majors in front of no fans at the Masters and the U.S. Open. I had drawn a line in the sand and I said if you win a major with no fans. You need to win it by four strokes or more for me to recognize Mm. it, which is important. And I think that that's fine uh, qualifier. If you win against a stacked field in front of no fans, but you do it by four shots, you know how few majors are won by four shots? Very, very few. So Bryson and, and, and DJ both did that, so I was recognizing their majors. And now let's get to the the. The real story here is that Colin Morikawa won yesterday, and he won in front of mm-hmm. thirty thousand plus fans, um, probably closer to thirty-five. Um, and he played such clinical, like ridiculous, no bogeys, like just sound, sound golf in front of all these great um, English, Scottish, European fans. And he was getting chased down by Rom, and not really by Louis, but by Jordan Spieth, like. A person that everyone wants to win a major. And that's like, I think people were legitimately potentially cheering against Colin Morikawa or at least hoping that he doesn't walk away with it. So that's some kind of pressure that he did not face at Harding Park. And so Colin Morikawa wins yesterday. He wins in front of fans. He not only gets his first major, but thanks to an idea from uh, Rachel Blyer, our coworker, I am granting him retroactively his TPC mm. Harding Park major. So he, is, he won two majors yesterday, in my eyes. He won the Open, and he retroactively won the PGA. And uh, I don't feel bad about this at all. Sometimes you have to hold people to a high standard. And I think I was holding him to a high standard because he is this preeminent future star. Um, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he won multiple majors in one day. It sounds like you validated he, val- he needed to validate. This yes. is like, you know, sometimes guys will play if you if you're going closest to the pin on a par 3, you got it. You have to two putt. You can't three putt or else, <laughs> you know, you screwed up. Here Morikawa had to win a second major, you're saying, yes. to win his first major. The good news, Sean, he did it for you. 
Here's what Colin Morikawa had to say after his win. He said, I had nothing to prove. It's just to you guys talking about the media. I'm just answering it for you guys that we can play in front of fans. I had nothing to prove to myself today. Yeah, I don't really like that uh, he keeps saying you guys in like a vindictive way. Like, yeah, bro, we weren't hating people. on you. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I I wasn't taking this public. I was doing it in our own in private. Slack, you were Slack privately chat. doubting, and I think Colin could hear he could hear <laughs> that doubt. I guess from maybe from other sources, but it was definitely there. So I hope that I get I'm a happy chance for to him. explain this to him soon. I think this this does leave us in an interesting situation. I know you mentioned your your four shot thing. You know, Bryson has really only won a major with no fans. Um, DJ already had won a major, luckily, but Hideki luckily. is in this in-between <laughs> zone. Yeah, luckily. Uh, in this in-between zone where he has now won his major with very limited fans at yes. Augusta National. Yeah, I'll give him half a major. So Hideki has half a major. Colin Morikawa has been up from zero to two. This has really been quite the stretch, I think, if we're keeping score this way. So... Uh, Sean, should we get to it here? Should we get to my yeah, list? I think it's the perfect segue for what we want to do here. We want to talk through everything uh, that we've seen at these men's majors in the last 12 months, really, last 11 months, mm -hmm. all seven of them, going player by player. Who exceeded our expectations, kind of like Dylan said, and who do you want to start with? Well, so what? here's, here's how we're going to do it. I want to run through, well, I'm just going to have a couple, you know, also rands. And then I'm going to buzz through. I'm going to have you give me a grade for each guy's uh, each guy's resume, essentially, over these last seven tournaments. So okay. um, first, a few guys that just didn't really even register. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, no top 20s Ooh. in the majors over the last over the last seven. Uh, mm. Daniel Berger, encouraging top 10 in the last two. So he's showing he's got some some major talent. But basically, I just did I ranked the top. I looked at the top 15 guys in the world ranking and then a few others after that. But these are just some some side notes. Mm -hmm. Webb Simpson, three top 12 finishes. So solid play by him, even if, you know, not a lot of um, contention. Mackenzie Hughes, top 15 in the last two. Mm. Adam Scott, no top 20s. Uh, and Tommy Fleetwood's best finish, T19. So there's some good and bad there. I think that, man, Tommy Fleetwood. What's going on with our guy? Well, I'm a big fan uh, more this week than I was last week because I'm an Everton football supporter, mm. and I just found out that that Fleetwood is as well. He had uh, Everton he, stamped on one of his wedges, so he's probably that. been a fan longer than you. I would have to guess. Sure, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and then let's see. I'm just going to buzz through six or seven. Um, notables, you yep. already told me that I've left off a really obvious person, so I'm excited to see uh, who I've missed there. And then we'll go through the top 15. So first, right. world number 39, Shane Lowry. Uh, T66, starting at, the, at last year's PGA Championship. All the way through, he logged a, a T4 at this year's, uh, this year's PGA, and then a T12 this weekend at the Open. So, I don't know. Uh, what are you giving our defending Open Championship here, Sean? Uh, a C. I mean, he made the cut in every single event. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe a fair expectation uh, of a player of his caliber. But that's a lot of events to make cuts in. Um, he didn't really contend at, at Kiowa. And 
he didn't really contend this week. Uh, he's, he's definitely turning around. He's had a much better 2021 than 2020. I'll give him a C, um, but kind of sweet for him to be announced all seven times as the open champion of the year, like the reigning open uh, champion mm-hmm. golfer of the year. He no longer will, will have that distinction um, as the reigning one, but he had it for seven majors, which kind of makes you feel special. Yeah, I, I, I'd go a little better. I think, you know, we're talking about Shane Lowry. We're not talking about, you know, Brooks Kepka here. So I think that T4, that T12, this seems like a guy that, you know, maybe got a D on the midterm, but then really came hmm. through with like, you know, he got an eight, pulled an A minus on that final. So I think this is, I think this is a B showing from Shane Lowry. Yeah, you and I are going to be different I'm ex- graders. <laughs> I'm excited for the, uh, for the next guy here. World number 32. And this shows you the power of winning a major championship that it'll pump you all the way up around the top 30 for a while. Phil Mickelson, let me buzz you through these seven results really quick. T71, missed cut, T55, T21 at this year's Masters, first at the PGA Championship, (laughs) T62 um, at the the, uh, U.S. Open, and then a missed cut at this week's Open Championship, which included an opening round of, I believe, 10 over par 80. Yeah. What are you grading <laughs> Phil Mickelson's seven major stretch? Uh, I cannot grade it anything but an A. Mm. And I, you know, the hard grader in me, I think I'll be the harder of the two graders on this podcast. The hard grader in me doesn't want to give him an A. But the guy won... 100% one more major than you expected him to win during this seven major stretch. It's that's mm-hmm. just the truth. And, and frankly, like he has more top fives than you expected him to, to win. And he has a very ugly miscut this week. Um, he grinded to make the cut at, at Tory, which is cool for, you know, kind of hometown dude. And <laughs> yeah, his fans. It's cool for him. It's cool for him. Um, the Masters finishes actually aren't that special, even though he made T21, because that's not that great at the Masters, frankly. If you're not finishing in the top 20 as a really good player, it's not that special. Miscut at, at uh, winged foot, um, and then like really bad at, at Harding Park. So <laughs> you just have to give him an A. You have to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the equivalent of grading here. This is like when, you know, the the – you see these viral videos now. It's like, hey, if Russell Wilson shares this video, you guys don't have to take the final. This is like <laughs> Phil just got the, the special pass. I mean, it, it is an A. Of course it's an A. It, the only thing, and I remember Padraig Harrington talked about this at, um, at Kiowa on Friday or Saturday. He basically said, look, the only thing that will change the – the career of me or Phil yeah. <laughs> shout out to him for throwing himself in the same category <laughs> as Phil, by the way, is uh, is a victory. He basically said, look yeah, top five doesn't really do anything, but a win changes everything. And it honestly does change everything because if you asked a casual golf fan about Phil Mickelson's, you know, major resume outside of that PGA, yeah, they, they won't know, but they won't care. And in some ways it makes it more impressive that his, golf on the side has not been that good because it was so good that week so i think we're in agreement phil mickelson a despite one top 20 yeah i think seven events i don't really know what kind of wacky scale you guys had at williams college but Mm. uh (laughs) but i'm imagining um like a's tend to start at like whatever 93 percent 
this feels like a 94% A for Phil, whereas, you know, of course it could have been a 99%, but it, this is Just like a, a solid A. A very solid well, A. Well, what about, what about A pluses? Did you guys do A pluses at Wisco? I don't know. <laughs> I never, I don't never got a hundred percent. So probably not. Yeah. I think we did. I think a pluses started maybe at like 98. I did not what? receive an a plus. So, but if you get a 98, that's an a plus. Oh my God. Williams college. All, All right, right, let's move on. Phil, we'll keep you at a solid a number 30 in the world, Sean, and a, a guy that had an interesting WD here. It probably is the weirdest. I just said Phil had the weirdest, but this is a pretty strange agglomeration of results here too. All right. Will Zalatoris, number 30. Did not start in last year's PGA Championship. He wasn't in the field. T6 at the U.S. Open. Did not play at the Masters because he was not eligible again. Second at the next Masters. T8 at the PGA. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Withdrew after a viral video of him Mm. what looked like yipping a putt this week, but hopefully was just something related to a back injury. Yep. But hopefully the back injury is not that bad. Don't know what to think of this. Anyway, he, the yeah. only three events where he really completed the weekend, he finished inside the top eight. And then we have some other strange stuff. Yep. So uh, whew. this is definitely an A- minus for me. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I think what, you know, we're trying not to get wrapped up in what you've done for me lately. Um, because I think he was actually on en route to making the cut at uh at royal st george's so willie z the thing is i feel bad it's like what did this do for him what did this a minus stretch of golf do for him it's going to get him on the pga tour um Mm -hmm. and it's got you know it's going to get him a bunch of exemptions into these big events he's probably going to thrive he's probably going to probably going to win tour events soon um but the last two majors had me feeling a little bit weird. Um, and that putt is hard to forget about. Um, yeah, definitely an A minus, very solid A minus, but not an A. I think you're right. I think you're in the right zone there. I think we're talking about a B plus A minus thing that that putt really shook me, but it did make me think back to when Tiger Woods used to talk about how he never actually had the yips. He just had an injury. So when he was (laughs) bending over those, those chips and, yeah, uh, and putts and it looked horrible. It actually was just, you know, tingling in his spine or whatever. I mean, I, I hope this injury is not something crazy for Will Zalatoris, but certainly there were a couple of clips resurfacing of him hitting short putts, you know, in the past last year, mm-hmm. he definitely has kind of a short jabby stroke, mm-hmm. um, on those short ones, but I mean, the guy's so good. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd put him right on about a 90 here. So right on the low end of that A-, minus, but he's just he's hanging in there despite you know, you not would, doing so well in the final. Th- this reminds me, and uh, hopefully it'll take me just a few seconds to explain, but at Wisconsin, there are A's, B's, C's, D's, F's, and then there are A-B's, B-C's. Oh. So there's no, a, there's no A-, minus, no B+. Plus. It's just a middle middle ground. So like your eighty eight percent is an A B. So is your ninety two percent. Which which is it depends on what side of the uh, of the A B you fall on. It can be very ha- like <laughs> infuriating. Or it can also be great. So um, we're gonna avoid that for this podcast because we need to get off the fence, make a stand. All right. 
I got a lot of ADs. Take a stand, <laughs> give a proper number. Yeah, all right. Let's buzz through these next few. Yep. Uh, I threw Cam Smith on there just because in my mind he had turned into this, you know, major mm-hmm. championship performer. <laughs> Turns out he did have he did have a T2 um obviously at the the fall masters and then another T10 at the masters in the spring, but you know, nothing else inside the top 30. You giving our guy any props? No. It was like a B minus. I I think we're as a group as a golf collective Twitter and golf media, we're probably giving Cam Smith a little too much credit just across the board. He's definitely, you know, he's won on the PGA tour and he's, he's contended at big events, but like, has he hit any shot that made you think, Holy cow, that's a, that's a freaking golfer right there. Has he played like a golf hole in the clutch or like that's some dude knows how to win. I don't think he I've had seen some sporty yet. up and downs in the fall masters that I think really caught my attention, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean the the mullet and the mustache definitely get him some extra attention, yeah. and just the general way of being. I mean, it's funny the way he was talking after this week's uh, Open Championship, just about how he was just really happy and really excited to go play in Japan and just yeah. have a nice time with Leash. I mean, it, he's he's like an infectious character. So, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. A couple nice Masters finishes it's more like props than even grading him because I guess he was more off the radar and now he's more on. So, all right, Paul Casey, number 22, Sean, surprisingly good resume here. T2 at the PGA, T17, T38, T26, T4, T7, T15. So that's three finishes in the top seven, um, five inside the top 17 out of seven. So solid, steady showing classic Paul Casey. What only, are you grading him? Only one of those seven did it feel like he could actually win. Uh, that was Harding Park. Felt like everyone could mm-hmm. have won that event. Um, I'll give him a a B plus because we're talking about Paul Casey uh, and mm-hmm. make, making all seven cuts is something. There's something to be said for that and never flaming out and finishing t fifty. So I'll give him a B plus. Proper. That's a proper rating. I think given his age, I'm giving him an age adjustment up to an A minus in my uh wow. in my book over here. Number 20, Sean, a major championship winner. Hideki Matsuyama, T22 at the PGA, T17, T13 win at the Masters, T23 at the next PGA, T26 at the US Open. Did not start due to COVID-19 at this year's Open Championship. So we're talking about it. A six tournament resume including a win, no other top 10s. What does Hideki get? This is like a 97% A. I mean, the guy mm. made, made every every cut he could have made in the majors. Um, it's pretty darn close to an A+. Plus. He he won probably the, the major that would be the most important to him throughout the rest of his life. You know, probably the major that is most recognizable across the world um, and is going to make him be probably most famous. So winning the Masters and absolutely balling out um so yeah like about as high of an a as you can get without being an a plus you're spot on there anytime you're slinging the green jacket over a seat in the atlanta airport (laughs) you've done really well i mean we can have a discussion at the end about who had the very best major championship season of all there's only a couple contenders for that but Hideki, just by virtue of winning that masters and his first major championship changed his career so so much so congratulations Hideki you get an A I'm sorry about the open championship but I've seen him practicing now so it's encouraging looks like he'll be in good shape 
Um, Tony Finau, Sean, I wanted to just, you know, touch on a couple people for whom we have high expectations. He's number 19 in the world, which means he's slipped a little bit. He was on a major, he was on a major heater for a little while in a very Tony Finau top 10 sort of way. He finished T4 at the PGA, T8 at Wingfoot, T38 at Augusta, T10 at Augusta, T8 at Kiowa, then missed the cut at Torrey, which was strange, and uh, then finished T15 at this week's Open Championship. What do we make of Tony's season? Uh, again, which of those was he going to win? Which mm. of those did, did you think, holy cow, this might be Tony's time? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe Harding Park, but none of the others. Yeah. And so for that, I'll give him, at the best, a B. And I want to be a harder grader for him. Um, but he's never really won anything, so I'll give him a B. All those nice finishes, they they make you a lot of money. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a B- minus on Tony just because we know he's so good. And for him to change the way he's thought of, he just needs a victory at this point. Um, second place finishes are, are, are almost damaging. All right, let's get to the top 15 because this is a really interesting crew. Um, these are all people that over the course of the last year, well, besides number 10, Harris English, these are all people that we've sort of considered as potentially among the elites in the game. And we start with Rory McIlroy, who went into the quarantine pre-seven major stretch as the best golfer in the world, the top-ranked golfer in the world. And he hasn't quite been the same since. He's been going through a whole bunch of stuff, coaching changes, philosophy changes, you name it. And, uh, well, let's just run through here. He finished T33 at Harding Park, T8 at Wingfoot, T5 at Augusta, missed the cut at Augusta, T49 at Kiowa, T7 at Torrey, and T46 at Royal St. George's. We're grading... We hold Rory to a higher standard here. So where does that leave him, and what what do we think? C minus. Ooh, <laughs> that's C- cutting. C minus. Those are cutting words. Yeah, man. Um, Rory McIlroy is now seven years removed from his last major victory. He had four at that point in his life. He's got four now, and when you look mm-hmm. at the last seven majors, um, only one of them made me think, "Holy cow, Rory." Rory could do it. And that was at Torrey. Um, and gosh, how predictable is that, that his his potential major victory in this last stretch would have come at a, a tour, a PGA Tour course. Um, so Rory, we have high expectations. He missed one cut at the Masters in the spring, which is the worst missed cut you can actually have. Um, the field is not that strong. You're too damn good to miss the cut. It's it's gotten to the point now where there's a there's something that happens to him at majors, and it doesn't make sense really. But he just doesn't play his best golf there. And you'd think it's maybe some type of mental thing. He's kind of run the gamut on what he wants to do to prep himself for majors. Think a lot about it. Think nothing about it. Um, it's it's definitely. I would give him a D if he didn't. Uh, inject himself into the contention at Torrey Pines. But the fact that he was there on the back nine with people caring about his golf shots makes me give him a C minus, but that's it. This weekend was, was dispiriting Um, just to not even see him make a charge. I mean, the course wasn't, 
I don't know. I mean, it, it should be it should be good for him, but the fact is he doesn't have the precision of these top guys right now. Yeah. He, so why do you think it's good? Dial for him? it in. Well, that's a, it's good for him in a world where he does have more precision. That's just that's just the world that I yeah. um, <laughs> keep deluding myself into thinking that we're in, and it's just it's just not the case right now. I think that he's fighting different swing patterns. He's got this. He makes he's making golf look difficult right now. Um, when he was looks the last like he's time, fighting his golf swing. When was the last time you saw him play clinical golf to the extent that Morikawa played yesterday, to the extent that Dustin Johnson played uh, in November, or you know even Hideki at some points in the spring? Like clinical golf that no one else in the field matters. I'm going to win this thing. I don't really even think he did that necessarily at, at Quill Hollow. Um, I think, no, I, I was going to say that, I mean, with the players, if you look at the players okay. in 2019, that's, that's a place where you need to be clinical. And that's a place where you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, look, this place sets up really well for Rory McIlroy. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. Um, and there, there, that was a stretch where he was, he was just managing his golf game. He was finishing top 10 every single week. And it feels <laughs> like forever ago. Yeah, it really so, does. Um, this is probably an apt time, Dylan. You haven't even given a grade yet, but let's hear it, and then I'll and I'll get off my chest the other take. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, Rory McIlroy, oh, C plus. Okay, what do you got for me? All right, so the other take that I have been harboring privately, um, not quite as privately as the Morikawa one, is that. In order for Rory McIlroy to win majors again, he needs to retire. And <laughs> I'm glad that I got you to laugh. I'm glad I got you to laugh mainly because you've heard me say this probably a hundred times. Um, and now folks listening, please appreciate the fact that I can, I can say this knowing that you won't take me 100% literally. It's more of a suggestion. Um, this is where I think the bloggers should jump in from... <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of what website, just say if someone from Yahoo jump in golf magazine writer says Rory McIlroy should retire. All right. Uh, then they can use quotes from whatever Sean's about to say. So yeah. go ahead. Sean. So this is all with the, um, with the mindset of what Michael Jordan did with the Chicago bulls, where mm. he got a little bit bored. Um, you know, there are rumors why he retired at various points in his career related to gambling. I'm not going to dive into that. This is a golf podcast, but Michael Jordan um, retired multiple times in his uh, illustrious career and came back rejuvenated each time. And now Rory has just spent the last, well, seven years trying to win majors, not doing it, but more so the last like three years, just kind of toiling. And you've written about this, like he comes into the masters a couple of years ago talking about reading these like self-help books. And you know, we had like Rory's book club and he's like this mm -hmm. cerebral reader. And then we've had majors where he's coming and been like, I'm going to treat this like a normal tour event. And then it's like, I'm going to treat this like it's the most important event in the world. And so I think mentally clearly something is uh, amiss with Rory when he's at the majors. And like, I don't blame the guy. <laughs> I mean, he, he's this per he's now on this, kind of ridiculous um, major drought where he hasn't, he just hasn't gotten it done. And like we just said, in the last seven majors, only one of them, you felt like, holy cow, Rory's shots in the last nine holes really matter. So I think 
it would be very fun, <laughs> potentially good for him, and uh, very bold for him to say, you know what, I'm not going to play a major in 2022, and I might even I might even put the sticks down for like a good six months, and just breathe, just let it all out there, and really just kind of reset whatever is going on at the majors, and so that the next major he plays would be the masters in 2023. He'll still have all his exemptions. Um, he will, he'll come back and be like, holy cow, this is the greatest tournament in the world. This is my time. I can do this. I did this in the past. And I feel, I feel like I had golf taken away from me. Like Rory has, he can play any golf tournament in the entire world for the next 10 mm-hmm. years. He can, he truly can. Like there's only certain people that can get into the masters, but Rory, truly can get into any golf tournament he wants to. He's, he's of that level. I just want him to just like give that away for a second then come back rejuvenated, retire, do your Jordan year, go play your baseball. You know, I don't know what Rory's sport would be if he's going to go. That's play. what I was going to say. Yeah. How do you think, uh, go play cricket, you know, Oh, he could play a little cricket, play cricket. Get- you know, he hurt himself in 2015 playing a little, a little footy, playing a little soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Go find another hobby, Rory. And then come back rejuvenated with your original hobby, your lifelong hobby, your, your, what you were born to do. And then like win the calendar year grand slam in 23. I just love the idea of, you know, Rory's out there playing second base in the Cape Cod league next summer, just getting his, getting his feet wet in a little (laughs) summer baseball. That would be. Oh, I, I truly actually can't picture him at another position on the baseball field. The second base. <laughs> second base. If he beefed back up, I could see him actually playing catcher. Oh. Um, but, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, he must have some power. We got to get him on the, the baseball track, man. Uh, I don't know what to do with this take, except hopefully at some point when, when Rory, you know, returns my calls, finally joins the drop zone. We'll get to pose Just it to think, him firsthand. Think about the you know Augusta National letterhead that they send out press releases on. Um, just think about the, one of those press releases, Augusta National letterhead to all um, like to all who consider this news. Mm. I'm back. <laughs> In the way yeah. Michael Jordan sent out the, the note that's saying sent, he's back. Yeah, from the office of the chairman on behalf of Rory McIlroy: <laughs> colon, I'm back. All right, Sean, we have a perfect transition and the world rankings have given us, given this to us to number 14, Jordan Spieth. And I want to, I want to begin this by saying there's a lot of talk about how young Colin Morikawa is. He won his second major. He's 24. Yeah. And I do just want to preface this by saying, guess how old Rory McIlroy was when he won his last major? Oh God. He was 20. He was 25. (laughs) Guess how old Jordan Spieth was when he won his last major? He was younger. Tw- he was 23, Sean. <laughs> Justin Thomas was 24 when he won his last major. So, yeah, I mean, you got you got dudes on the internet talking about how Colin Morikawa is going to win a dozen majors, and maybe he will, but it doesn't always work out that way. It does not always come to fruition as easily as it seems like in the moment. So... I guess Jordan Spieth is just a, an interesting cautionary tale about how we think about 
these guys' careers and the turns they might take. With that in mind, you're going to notice um, that the 2020 Jordan Spieth finished T71 at the PGA, missed the cut at Wingfoot, finished T46 at his home, the Masters. Then this year, a new Jordan Spieth, T3 at Augusta, T30 at the PGA, T19 at the U.S. Open, and solo second place at the Open Championship. What do we give this Jordan Spieth stretch? Yeah, look, if I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna hold like Will Zalatoris's finishing stretch like all really hard against him, then I can't really hold Spieth's most recent finishes in super high regard without thinking about what he did in 2020. So I will mm. give Jordan, a man of three majors, a um, I'll give him a B because he came damn close to getting it done here. He also sneaky got became pretty close uh, in Augusta in the spring. So I'll give him a B and people might hate that, but he, he really sucked in 2020. So <laughs> he really did. <laughs> he sure did. I mean, the fact is here, you got a guy that's trending, you know, maybe you just went and he went to a bunch of office hours in the off season, met with some professors. They were like, look, man, we know you haven't really had the grades up to this point. We still would love for you to, you know, join our department, maybe come back, hit the books a little harder next year. Second place. He could have won this golf tournament. I mean, you're completely right about that. It's easy now. It's always easy immediately afterwards with revisionist history to say, oh, Morikawa was always going to win this thing. My man got some good bounces. He dodged a bunch of bunkers. Uh, he made some long putts. There were definitely two shots out there that could oh, yeah. have swung a different way. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board uh, with Jordan Spieth getting a B just, you know, because he's he's trending in a great direction. It's really encouraging. So, and we're grading on a double scale here. There's the 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 high expectations of old Jordan Spieth and there's the low expectations of last year. So he mm -hmm. gets like the benefit and the hurt from that. <laughs> All right. Let's keep buzzing. Patrick Reed at number 13, interestingly finished 13th at the PGA and the U.S. Open, 10th at the Masters, 8th at the Masters, 17th at the PGA, 19th at the U.S. Open, and then finally a missed cut at the Open Championship. Before that, every finish between 8th and 19th. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Uh, this is a B plus. Um, I would give it a B. You know, the guy's won a major in his career. He's won a bunch on the PGA Tour. He's really good. Um I would give it a B if he had not played really good golf really early at Wingfoot, but he was in the final group and in the lead throughout a decent part of the third round at Wingfoot um, mm -hmm. last year. So he he did have golf shots that mattered in contention on the weekend. So I'll give him a B plus. Um, the missed cut is a little confuddling because he's been playing really good golf, but that that's six top twenty finishes. That's really damn good. It's really damn good. I think I would give him some demerits also for that being in contention at Wingfoot and then not ending up in contention. I'm just amazed. We haven't been talking about this guy. We don't I mean not not me and you specifically, but he has exited the conversation. Bryson and Brooks have helped contribute to that. I guess if if I were to defend Patrick Reed in the public eye for a moment, my main point would be that we only talk about him when he's doing something naughty and he probably doesn't get the, the proper, um, the proper respect as a top player 
you know, when he's when he's playing well. But at the same time, I say that, but you know, we're t- they're not not talking about racking up top threes here. He still is just in that mix where if you if you bet on Patrick Reed to finish in the top twenty of a major championship, you would have paid out six events in a row. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Next time you say do something naughty uh, on on this podcast, please don't slow your words down like you did because the delivery really was kind of odd. Um, let's apologies let's, to the listeners. Let's move on. Number twelve, Tyrrell Hatton. Yes, I, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna read you the results here. I just want you to give me a Tyrrell Hatton grade, and then maybe afterwards I'll read them out to the listeners. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, he's it's an F. It has to be an F. <laughs> It's not good. It, I mean, it has whatever to whatever variety you're giving it is it's something bad. I think sadly, I mean, I'm I'm terrified to say anything bad about Tyrrell Hatton for obvious reasons, but actually, <laughs> going to snap you in half. It's it's a failing grade, Sean. It's a failing grade. We're talking about a few events that have small fields that have um, that have the best players rising to the top and. We have the 12th ranked golfer in the world, Tyrrell Hatton, finishing missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, T18, T38, missed cut, missed cut. In Her Majesty's Open, he just (laughs) finished this off with another missed cut this weekend. I mean, I don't know. The guy runs hot, obviously, but he's got the game for, for, especially for an open championship. You know, you'd think that, Kiwa would have been a pretty good fit for him. He finished T38 there, and that was his second best result over this stretch. So I don't know if there's a mental thing here, if it's just the way that Cookie has crumbled, or if, you know, this is a guy that has gotten an inflated world ranking based on, you know, some no. good play in the European tour, a he win played, at Bay Hill. Yeah, he played pretty good in the States in a couple different spots. WGCs. I don't give him any excuse. And also, you know, you and I we're analytical dudes. If we wouldn't give anybody an F, someone needs to get an F, you know, someone's got to get an F. Someone has to get handed an F. So he's the one. Tyrrell, best of luck figuring out major championships. You've got a better chance than we do. Number 11, Victor Hovland. Kind of a disappointing CV here. T33, T13 famously did not start in the masters, uh, but then did finish T21, T30, a strange WD at the U.S. Open, but that would have been a missed cut. T12 at the British Open I'll at give, the Open Championship. Yeah, I'll give I him a, a a B. Hmm. Yeah, I'll give him a, a a B. I don't think you're impressed by it, but look, don't don't be dismayed because he didn't play the Masters, and don't be weirded out because he had to WD with a weird eye thing at Tory, a course where people a lot of people were picking him to, to really play well at. We. <laughs> The guy hasn't won that much on the PGA Tour yet. Like, I think we give him a ton of credit because he played so well as an amateur. But there's just growing pains, man. There's growing pains to get on the PGA Tour. Just because Colin Morikawa has figured it out doesn't mean that we have to have hold everyone to that standard. So um, I'll give him a B. But knowing that next year he needs to mm. he needs to to bag a top ten. He needs to get into contention on a weekend. Um, I'm, I'm happy. Probationary B from yeah, Sean Zock. Exactly. This is a C. This is a C <laughs> for Victor Hovland. My guy was finishing inside the top six about every start, you know, around the, the 2020 to 2021 season. So 
for him to not even show, not even contend in any of these majors, doesn't make sense. Doesn't sit right with me. That WD looks like a missed cut also to me. I know he got sand in his eye, um, but it looked like he was headed for, for a missed cut anyway. So I'm sorry, Victor, and I truly hope he's in the mix um, next year. All right, let's get to the top 10 here. Everyone is tuned out by now. This is a turning into a mega podcast. Yeah, we'll have so. to move quickly through Harris English. Is- we'll get buzzy through Harris English, who has two top four finishes in six starts. He didn't qualify for the Fall Masters either, but he's been snacking on these smaller PGA Tour <laughs> events over the last couple of years. Um, two top fours, uh, one other top 20. Um, B plus. Wh- what does Harry get? We'll give him a B plus. Two top fours at the U.S. Open. That's pretty darn good, but exceeds expectations for sure good job harris english she's bringing home definitely a promising report card to mom and dad um we're saying you know we didn't know you had this in you number nine louis Oost season this is where things get very intriguing t33 at harding park i think a lot of people forget about his solo third place finish at wingfoot is that even right <laughs> solo third yeah it is right T23 at the Masters, T26 at the Masters, then, of course, T2, Solo 2, T3. A heartbreaking stretch, but also a damn good stretch. What yeah. do you give Louis? A-. minus. If It's got to be an A-. minus. If, if There's Louis, no other grade for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Louis, um, if he doesn't play in any of these ma- in any of these majors, are you like, do you feel like you, you lost out on something? I don't know. Like, there are pretty low expectations for this guy late in his career. Then all of a sudden he raised all those expectations and then he was about to win and gosh, he would have probably been an A plus, but he did not win again. It's sad. I wrote about Louie yesterday and the confusing thing with him is I feel like every time he contends in a major, we are still surprised. It still is like, wow, man, this guy again, because week in and week out, he's not contending on the PGA tour. He's not necessarily even playing that often. Um, he doesn't love practicing. Apparently (laughs) he just likes to ride his tractor in central Florida, but he's so good. And he's got one of these, he's got one of these ball flights that seems to run out at the, uh, at these firm fairways, the PGA and the U S open and the, the, uh, the open championship. He seems like he turns into a bomber during those weeks and he's just steady He's a much, much better putter than people give him credit for. He's almost flipped from being um, a long driver and a with a bad short game to middle of the road in terms of driving distance, but elite around the green. He's top ten in putting and chipping. You know, shot, shot strokes gained around the green. Um, so it's been incredible to watch. It's an A minus just because he's held the lead so often in these majors and he has not gotten his second one across the line mm. um but there's only one guy with more runner-up finishes in major championships under the age of 50 and it's tiger woods <laughs> wow he's, he's got six runner-up finishes he uh he finished t3 yesterday didn't have it in him to contend he just looked a little bit off as he often has not way off just a little bit off just enough to not win so apologies to louis a minus not bad just you know not the best 
Number eight, Sean, Patrick Cantlay. D. D for Patrick Cantlay. He has <laughs> two top 20s in this stretch, which is the same number as he has of missed cuts. It's also the same number he has of T43 finishes because he has a couple of those too. It's I mean, a for a guy that has played well at the Memorial, which seems like a fairly good proxy for a major championship test, it doesn't really make sense that he has not figured out majors yeah, man. in a more effective way. I mean, I know, I know he's played well at majors in the past, but this should be the prime of Cantley right now, and we're missing it. Yep. I'm going to be a teacher here and give him a harder grade knowing that he can do better. Knowing that his ceiling mm. is higher, he's just not... He's not performing up to what I think he can do. Um, and that, you know, what I think he can do is also going to apply to Xander in a little bit. But Cantley's mm. results are way worse than Xander's. Like, he's just not close. He's not close yes. to winning one of these. Um, and so that has me, the teacher, kind of disappointed. So do more for me. Until then, you have a D. I like that. Patrick, could you stop and see me after class, please? <laughs> um I don't. I don't have anything to add to that. There's this. We have high expectations for this guy. T15 is not going to get it done, especially after he contended at the Masters and you know almost ruined the the mm -hmm. Tiger Fest. Um, mm -hmm. So I think D seems right. Brooks Kepka, on the other hand, plenty of top 15s. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a T29 at the PGA. He didn't play at Wingfoot. He finished T7 at the Masters when he was hurt. He missed the cut at the Masters when he was really hurt. I almost don't even count that. T2, T4, and T6 in his most recent three majors. So he didn't win. He talked some trash at the PGA that he that he couldn't quite back up seven majors ago. Um, where does this leave us? This is as high as an A- minus as you can get. And that's even with a pretty high standard for Brooks at majors. But like you said, he was kind of the person to think about uh, on Saturday going into Sunday at Harding Park. People forget he flamed out on Sunday. Um, but every single major that he has played in, all six of those seven, he has been the focus. Like maybe not uh, we're expecting him to win, but he has been the person we're talking about. And every single Thursday, he's delivered a really, really good round. Again, Augusta notwithstanding, because he was probably more hurt, probably shouldn't even have played. But every mm -hmm. single Thursday, he's delivered. He's talked his shit going into the event during his press conference, either about the field, the course, or often Bryson DeChambeau. And he's actually delivered every single Thursday. And then he's kind of stayed there throughout the weekend. And then on Sunday... He's actually played quite well to kind of re-enter the frame. He has never won in the last two years out of these events, but he's always been a guy we're talking about, and he's got four top eight finishes. So, yeah, it's a very, very high A-, minus, but it can't be an A because this guy's won majors before, and he won zero during this stretch. I'm going with a B plus just because wow. Brooks Kepka has made it a point to say, look, just grade me on my majors. Grade me on winning majors. Uh, he even said yesterday, basically doesn't really matter how he played. <laughs> he was, he was in classic surly mode yesterday. Um, and the fact that he just a couple times when he was near the lead at the PGA last year at the open championship on Saturday, he shrank from the lead. He kind of disappeared. And then yes, he played his way back in yesterday for, for kind of a vanity sixth place finish. But yeah, I think B plus is fair. It's just, I mean, it continues to be really impressive how he shows up for these weeks. It really is. So maybe yeah. that's too harsh, but, but just a, you know, a couple demerits for a guy that we know 
we know really wants another one of these to to really cement his legacy at the next level. There's a huge difference between four and five majors. And I don't there's a huge difference. I, I I say that lightly because like of course it's really not. Like if you have four majors, you're a legend. But Rory's got four and he's stuck on four. And there's a lot of good dudes who are stuck on four. And getting up to five just really elevates you. So let's move on to Bryson. Yeah boy, my boy, Mr. DeShambo flew into the major season mm-hmm. like with a lot of hype. We we I, Mr. No <laughs> top thirty or no top twenty fives in the last five majors, Bryson DeShambo. Yeah. He flew in to Harding Park as one of the favorites. He had won last summer and he had a bunch of top tens coming in. And then he sneaky crept up there and entered the conversation, even having kind of a weird week at Harding Park, wins at Wingfoot, and then doesn't finish in the top 25 after that. Right. With a notable asterisk of he led going to the back nine <laughs> at Torrey Pines. <sighs> so that's it. You know, in our little chart here, that's a T26. But in real life, he was the betting favorite going to uh, with, with I think, literally with nine holes to play shot what he called an unlucky 44 coming home. <laughs> I'd call that certain. I'd call that something and it wouldn't be unlucky, but, um, so what are you giving Bryson? I'm, he's going to be the only major winner that gets an a minus from me because, mm. uh, he, and again, this is kind of tough, but he almost won the PGA. Then he won at Wingfoot, ran away with it. Frankly, won by six, his two masters performances when he was verifiably one of the favorites, he, he did not finish in the top 30 either time. He lost to Bernard Langer famously now in the, uh, in the November masters. That is a major where you just have to finish in the top 30. If you're a good player and you're playing all right, you finish in the top 30. That's the bottom line. He didn't, he did it zero times. Uh, and his bombing and gouging affair seems to have him confused a little bit didn't really work at Kiowa. He's like, he says he's still trying to figure out Lynx golf at the open and he absolutely imploded at Tory. So an A minus knowing that you got it done. Um, but of all people that won a major, I think we would have expected him to maybe win two. I think his is the most disappointing for yeah. sure of the, of the major winners. The Masters, I mean, Augusta National really felt like it set up so well for him. It was coming at the right time, and he didn't show up. Um, I think, it. yeah, we're right in that B-plus to A-minus territory <laughs> just because the Dude, U.S. Open— He did make every cut. Come on now. Don't give him a B-plus. He made every cut. You're right. You're right. No, no it's got to be an A-minus, but that the finish to that U.S. Open was this year was really pretty tough to watch, and— uh, Look, hey, he shot 65 yesterday. He's got momentum on his side. Oh. A minus for Bryson. The difference between zero majors and one major, you were talking about the difference between four and five. That still has to be the biggest difference, right? Zero to one. Oh, so yeah, for sure. And then he, ma- he and made then that one lead. To two. One to two is pretty big. On that note, <clears throat> Xander Shoffley, number five. Mm. Okay, so if you just break it out, Xander played really well at, at Harding Park. <clears throat> Excuse me. He played really well at Wingfoot. Um, and when I say really well, like I thought he could have won either of those. Um, the the spring masters, 
is as close as, as he's ever been, maybe outside of Carnoustie to winning an, uh, a major. And so yes, that stands for something. It felt like another step where if anyone was going to catch Decky, it was going to be him. Um, Kiowa, miscut, Torrey Pines, uh, a very disappointing T7, if that even exists. Mm-hmm. And then this week, I feel like I saw like three shots out of him. So for a top 10 player who we expect big things from, who's played majors well in the past and got close to winning one of them, I'll give him a B. That's tough because uh, he he's been really good, but it's just a B. Sorry, Xander. Um, you know as well as anybody that it needs to happen soon. God, he knows it. I think he really, really – he really wanted to play well at Torrey, but I think he thought this was the week. Um is, is kind of the word I've heard that Xander really thought he was going to, if not win, at least be right there at the end, and he just got stalled out. Uh, he and Rory both got stalled out. The only difference was Xander went low on Sunday for a true backdoor top 26 finish. <laughs> uh, I think it's a B. He, he's, he's thrown in a bunch more top 10s here, and I don't want to just discount that altogether. It's just that, He's so good, and he just – oh, man, he's not getting it across the finish line. I pick him at every major. I Maybe you should I have stop renewed expectations that. every major. Well, I stopped at Torrey Pines. It still didn't really work that well, so the problem doesn't seem to be my picks. But I picked him again at the Open Championship. We'll see when we get to Augusta National next year how we're feeling. But Xander, there are brighter times. I think there are brighter times ahead, right? He's 27. He's yeah. – He's he's young. He's not that young. Yep. It feels like he's going to win majors. Yep. But people are you know people are bagging them around him. Hideki wins one. Rom wins one. Not everyone can win them. <laughs> yep. Not everybody can win the majors, including our guy who is stuck on one major, who really entered this stretch as someone that you figured maybe could win a couple of them. Justin Thomas, number four in the world, who had two top ten finishes during this stretch, but. This year has been T21, missed cut, T19, T40 in the last four majors. What do you give JT? I bet you he wins a FedEx Cup event because that's all that matters when it comes to Justin Thomas's finishes. Um, I, don't, I don't mean that literally, but that is where he seems to play his best golf, and uh, there might be something to that. I, yeah, Justin Thomas, ha- coming off the players, my goodness – he went out and buzzsawed it on Sunday at the players in March before this stretch of four majors came up. You would have had to put him in the top three to win uh, on tour. If you chose three guys to win a major this year, he was going to be one of them. And he wasn't close in any single one of them. You look at his finishes, his fourth place finish at Augusta in November was never really close to the lead. His T8 mm-hmm. at Wingfoot was probably the closest he got to like really being... Uh, really mattering on Sunday. For a guy of his abilities, I'm giving him a C plus. Tough but fair. A, he's he's vanished from the conversation. It's so weird. It's weird that we have not been talking much at all about Justin Thomas. And apart from the players, which was an awesome victory. Like I don't want to just discount that. Um, but if we're just looking at major championships, this is pretty surprising. And I don't know if it's a sign of things to come or if we're going to look back at this stretch and say, whew, 
That was strange. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's. I think he's still Justin Thomas. He'll be fine. All right, Justin, if you're listening, you're still you. C plus. I'll co-sign that. Top three now. Colin Morikawa, number three. The first time he's gotten to this point in the world rankings, he has bookended these seven majors with victories. In between, he went missed cut, T44, T18, T8, T4. So he got yeah, better not, every major until not really, this last Not victory. really a bookend, if we give my take any credibility. He won two of them yesterday. Keep that in <laughs> mind. Uh, he contended at Torrey Pines, and I think he backdoored his way, like he said, into Kiowa. Um, it's an A+. Plus. There's nothing... There's nothing you can say about it besides that. It's an A+. Plus. Alert your Wisconsin professors. Well, alert your, William, your Williams College professors who are apparently giving out A-pluses for 98%. Well, look, not to me, but you know, I've, I've heard that... <laughs> we'll give Colin one of those... I've heard someone could get one. <laughs> one of those 98% A-pluses because he did have a, a missed cut uh, and a pretty, pretty uh, tough fall of 2020. But yeah, man, this is... I was I was just on the radio with uh, some guys in Nebraska, and I, naturally, yeah. And I was explaining how when someone young does this and doesn't really have scar tissue, um, bags a couple majors, it has to be scary for the rest of the tour. Like, you know, guys like Rory and, and DJ and Rom, they probably don't think about this as much as we do. But when you're an elite player you kind of feel entitled to get one of these majors and you know that the field of people that you're playing against is only so deep. Brooks said it at Beth page. It's like, look, there's only like 25 people here who can beat me during one of these weeks. And, uh, he might've said a different number than that, but his point remain is like, look, there's only so many people that can get it done with pressure at a turn at a course like this during a field against a field like this. So, Morikawa has added himself to that elite, elite, elite level where, oh, now there's another person at the table trying to, to gobble up majors. He's one of them. Um, he got two of them yesterday. So A-plus for me. Colin, congratulations on an A-plus. It's funny. I had a couple friends that, that were really good at art, art majors in college. Not close friends. These were, you know, secondary friends. But I felt like the art department slid out those A-pluses a little more frequently than uh, than some other majors Colin Morikawa was an artist yesterday I'd have to say <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you think what do you think Morikawa's uh like art distinction is is he kind of like a oh, an like abstract artist is he preferred kind of medium like straight lines kind of guy no I mean he's like he can he's just a Bob Ross type he can just whip out the brush and just get to work and you, you're like three three iron shots right at the flag um, this is what you get when you listen to this podcast for 60 minutes, folks. Yeah, once you get over the hour mark, things get a little loopy. Not quite enough sleep. Um, a plus, A plus, A plus. Congratulations. We should all appreciate it right now instead of getting ahead of ourselves and giving him 10 because two majors <laughs> in two years. Two majors in one day if you listen to my co-host. That's a hell of an achievement. Um, and I think if they slow down the greens to, you know, an eight or nine on the stimp at every course, he might win every single week. Yeah. I have one thing to say about granting Morikawa some obscene career major total, uh, projection, uh, on the night of, uh, mid July, 2017, when Spieth comes back and wins at Burkdale, 
the ever popular tour confidential franchise on golf.com asked, let's hear it folks. How many career majors is this guy going to get? He's got three. Wow. And, uh, I, 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 I gave this some thought. I just did the math in my head and I just thought he's so damn good. He's never been bad. <laughs> Key point was had never been bad at this point. And, uh, I figured he's going to win one every, like, I think I said like every two and a half years, he'll win one. Um, I, th- I think that added up to another nine majors for him. <sighs> Something like that. I don't know. It might've been like every two years he'll win one. And so I gave him a total of 12 majors <laughs> and I couldn't feel more fraudulent in hindsight. And it's just a nice reminder that you don't just win these things <laughs> all the time. No one did except for Tiger uh, and Jack. And that's it. It's only those guys. So, so Morikawa could... Is Morikawa going to win 12? No, <laughs> he's not going to. Um, all right. He could, he could win six and we would all be through the moon. He could win four, and that would be so damn impressive. It just, you know, let's 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 ease our way into it. Um, all right, moving on to Dustin Johnson. Let's someone, appreciate them as they come. I yeah. like that. DJ, DJ, number two. DJ probably thought he'd have more majors than two at this point, but entering this stretch of majors, he had one. And I, th- I think, frankly, we had given up on him getting it done and winning a second especially after he kind of faltered at Harding Park he was uh with Hao Tong Lee I believe the 54 hole leader maybe one shot back of, of our boy Hao Tong Lee at Harding Park didn't get it done but did grab himself a T2 with a birdie on 18 um sixth place at winged foot I don't even remember him playing but then buzz saws it at Augusta the most clinical golf you could really ever imagine um doubles down and misses the cut at both the masters and the PGA at Kiowa. Uh, and then finishes in the top 20, the last two majors, two times. Like he was never really in it. Huh. Um, I think it, it, it's an a, I'm sorry. I know two missed cuts should drop him down a player of his caliber. It's an a, because he almost won at Harding park and he, he got that second major. You were talking about how the difference between zero and one is huge in terms of major count. I think the second biggest is between one and two. Uh, I think it's, it doesn't play out that way for Morikawa and never did for Spieth. But for some people who don't get that second one quickly after they get that first, it's like, holy cow, you know, I'm supposed to be a major champion. Why am I not a, a multi-major champion? So I'll give him an A. Um, I could see why someone might give him an A-, minus, but it's an A for me. It's got to be an A for the reasons that you stated. There comes a point where, look, if you're a, if you're a Shane Lowry, you just need that one major to yeah. kind of validate your career. But when you ascend to someone that's going to win twenty plus times in the PGA Tour, I think it's really it's really nice for your legacy to have that second major to to avoid the brand of underachiever yep um and i think that that's exactly what dj did i think he changed his career he talked about being nervous about being so relieved after it was over that i'm willing to overlook a couple missed cuts at the masters and the pga i'm willing to say hey nice backdoor top tens at the the u.s open and the the open championship um it's a feel-good top of the list here because i think we can be happy for dustin johnson to get that 
masters and i think we can be happy for our guy at number one here john rom the best golfer in the world for getting from his zero to his one uh let me just buzz through t13 t23 t7 t5 t8 win and then a sneaky t3 yesterday at the open championship john rom i think you're gonna give him an a but am, yes. I, am I wrong oh yeah for sure and it- and you know what I want? It's like a ninety-seven. I'm you gonna, gonna give, bump him up to. I'm gonna give him an A plus because he got it done. Mm. <laughs> it's okay if you don't agree with that, um, but he he got it done. And personally, you know, we wrote a story about him for the June issue, the U.S. Open preview issue. Uh, this is a this is a Jordan Spieth we. This is Sean talking about himself. <laughs> and he he delivered. He totally delivered. Um, he wasn't totally close to winning this week. All right, you know what? You're right. It's an A. It's not an A plus because he started off every major this year with like a subpar round, not necessarily like above par, but he just he didn't start hot. And so his T five at the Masters came after a 66 on Sunday. His T eight at the PGA came after a nice little run on Sunday. He started off majors pretty. Uh, I don't know. Not not so good. He was in contention with DJ for a minute, like on Friday and Saturday at the November Masters. Um, we'll give him an A. I think that's it. A for John Rom. I mean, with you got to get you got to have a bonus for five top tens in a row. So I mean, I could that's definitely sweet. see where you're coming from with a, a potential A plus setting there, but we'll reserve that for another time. Uh, you mentioned Hao Tong Lee in the in the Dustin Johnson bit by the way this is just sort of addendum shout out played 11 events in 2021 on the european tour made zero cuts 10 missed cuts in a wd so you know golf man things yeah. turn hard and fast what did i forget what did i miss who did i who did i leave off this list that's intriguing you left off scotty scheffler now oh. now scotty uh I'm trying to think if he was truly in it to win any of these majors. He was in it to win uh, at at Harding Park. I believe he probably had a share for the lead on Sunday at some point. That was a bananas day, and everyone, it felt like, had a lead. Cameron Champ had a share of the lead, and we forget. Um, But Scotty was kind of on the leaderboard this weekend, and he played six of these seven majors. He did not – he didn't play at the Open at Winged Foot. He has top 20 finishes in every single one of them. Top, wow. ten, top 10 finishes in four of them. So reading them off for you, we went T4, D, uh, DNP, T19, T18, and then T8, T7, T8. So Scotty is someone you forgot. He's the number 17 player in the world. I don't know how you forgot him. He's probably going to be on the Ryder Cup team. I think this means he should be on the Ryder Cup team, all these finishes. And gosh, for a dude who just hasn't played that many majors... He hasn't got all these exemptions into these big events. He's played well when he's had them. I mean, he should be in the top 10 next year on the, like, on the world golf ranking. I think his ascendance, uh, people expect it. <laughs> I mean, he also had like top fives in the uh, WGCs this year. Like the guy, he plays big-time golf in big-time events, and somehow you forgot. Apologies to Scotty. I know he's a he's a big fan of the program. So 
he'll probably be a little bit broken up when he tunes into this week's drop zone not to be included on the list. So, you know, I'm glad that you've righted my wrong there. You got anything else to say to the people who've made it this far? We appreciate you listening. No, we really appreciate you listening. We're coming up on the uh, 75 minute mark. Um, I think we look next to the Olympics, to the two women's majors we've got, the Evian and the Women's Open. Uh, there's a lot of really good golf left to be played in July and August. And then we got the Ryder Cup. So people who are like the the worst people are the people who at the end of the Open Championship are like, well, there's the men's golf season. There goes the golf season. Like, no, buddy. We got a lot of stuff we to play We got some for. more. We got more coming. I'd say rest up. Take your Tuesday, your Wednesday. You know, maybe step outside get some exercise, and then get ready to plug back in and watch a little bit of golf. Because um, we've got a nice stretch coming up ahead, and uh, and it's been a nice stretch of seven major championships. So it's been fun. We're not going to see anything like this again soon. We dearly, dearly hope. Yeah, um, and if you think we suck as graders, please let us know. Definitely let us know. If you think that the 98% A-pluses at Williams College are fraudulent, please let us know. Gosh, or if you think that Rory McIlroy should take some time away and then come back like Michael Jordan. Uh, that's going to do it for, for this week in the Drop Zone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>